You are listening to The Yoni Codes, where every week we explore the secret mysteries of the divine feminine through the reclamation of motherhood, entrepreneurship, and relationship. Through the gates of your yoni and held within your womb are secret codes that, when activated, spark magic, healing, and rebirth. The Yoni Codes are the wisdom keys to harnessing your power, healing your lineage, and expressing your magic in the world. We believe that if every woman unlocks the Yoni Codes within themselves, the ripple effect will be the healing of our collective. I'm Melissa April. I'm Catherine Blanco. Let us dive into the mysteries together. Hey! Everybody, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Yoni Codes. The Yoni Codes. What's our show called? Um, we've, we've had a little break from recording for a while, so we're jumping in and (laughs) we're like, how do we do this? But we're coming back with a really great topic today. And that is how we as women are born to receive. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to just break that down a little bit and figure out why it's so hard as women to receive and where that, where that conditioning comes from and how do we bust out of that? Yeah. Yeah. Cora's like, I'm really good at receiving. (laughs) She's like, I don't know where you guys got this idea, but um, no, it's like, it's a really prevalent, prevalent problem that both Melissa and I witness um, in working with women and in ourselves too. And we want to speak to that today and dive into like, how did this happen? And recognizing that it's not just us. Cause I used to think it was just me that was having, had a hard time like accepting compliments or, or um, receiving because I wasn't <laughs> worthy enough or something like that. And then in conversation with Melissa, she has issues with it too. So yeah, we recognize that <laughs> if, it, if we have a problem with it, most likely our listeners do too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, these are conversations I have with a lot of my clients is, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't come up necessarily even in this language, but you know, if you think of entrepreneurs, you know, we have to be able to receive to, for our business to work. We need to be able mm-hmm. to receive money. We need to be able to receive, we need to be able to receive for it to function. Um, and then, and then it's like receiving compliments and it's receiving gifts. And it's re- like, there's so many ways in which we receive that we don't even think about as women. Like we literally are born to receive when you think about it from a, a conception, even like the conception of life, the, fe- the, the female receives in many different ways. We receive the man into our bodies. We receive the sperm, we, the egg receives the seed and everything about us on a biological, physiological, emotional, spiritual, energetic level is, is built to receive. It's programmed in our DNA. And I remember hearing this and it, it was like, it kind of like blew my mind a little bit, like, because I think it's just incredible how when we look at how life is created and we look at procreation and, and birth and like the fundamental aspect of what it means to be alive, it's reflected in all of these bigger areas of our life and like the way that we live, like in how we receive, how we move through the world, how we carry ourselves, our boundaries, our values, our beliefs, like all of this stuff is like a direct reflection of what creation itself is teaching us it's built in us we are built Mm -hmm. to receive and yet somehow along the way that's been diminished to a certain extent yeah it's like we've become disconnected from our birthright in a way that that um that beyond the physiology but the the way that we interact with one another has become this place of like, like, I mean, we're also built to give. And I think a, a lot of us have a disproportionate amount of giving over receiving. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, again, as women, Uh it's like we're not again, natural born Uh nurturers and exactly caretakers. And, and we have, I think we can agree on this, like overall as a culture have fallen into the roles of giving, like over giving, over extending, which is why we have, why there's so many of us who have um, flimsy boundaries and, you know, have a really hard time filling our own cup because we're constantly making sure that everybody else around us is good. And then we get the bottom of the barrel. And this is just like, I mean, this is martyrdom. This is like, this is the patriarchy's like fine work at play. Um, But obviously we're in a time now where this is starting to shift and our feminine rights of passage are coming back online and we're starting to recognize how much has been taken from us and how much we are so ready to take back our sovereignty in this, in this way. Why we wanted to bring this to this conversation to everybody today was because (laughs) of course in my work, I'm all like, I feel like my clients are always reflecting back to me a piece of my path that I'm still navigating and walking through. And I think this is the beautiful, um, the beautiful dynamic of working with people in general, when you're coming from like a heart centered, soul centered place is there is this beautiful giving and receiving that occurs. So I was in a session with a client and she, (laughs) at the end of the call, she was like, Hey, I just wanted to, I've been meaning to tell you this, but you're really beautiful. Like, I hope you know that how beautiful you are. You're just a really beautiful woman. I don't know why that this like took me by surprise, maybe because I'm not used to receiving such genuine, like, like compliments from other women, like in this way. And especially from like a client, like a client. I mean, I, my client, you know what I mean? It's just like, it was just a, it kind of just took me by surprise. And I was shocked at how uncomfortable I was. (laughs) I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And of course, typical, like who here has ever been in the situation where somebody called, Hey, wow, you're, you look great today. And you're like, oh, <laughs> nah, no, <laughs> you do. You look great. <laughs> it was like that. I was like, well, you're beautiful. Like I, you know, I was just thinking the same thing. And which I was actually, cause she's absolutely stunning. Um, but it, I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, I was really not great at receiving that, those words. Mm-hmm. I was not, I was not open. There was some part of me that was really guarded from receiving that and being able to really just sit with it and hold it in my body. And it's something that I've worked on a lot in my life. Like my I receive compliments from my husband all the time and I've, I've done some work around it. So it just kind of took me by surprise at why that made me kind of, Ooh, like, why can't I hold this right now? Why do you think that is like, why, why do you think it threw you for such a loop? Like in this context? Well, when we're talking about giving and receiving, I think maybe maybe in this context, it was like, I'm working with a client and I'm here to serve you. I'm here to build you up. I'm here to, this is all about you. So I'm giving a lot. There's a lot of output and there is, there's always in, like, I always, I get my clients, my work literally fills my cup. So I do receive a lot, but I think having been like receiving in that way, especially when it comes to like our appearance and when it becomes like so personal in that sense, it, I don't know. I think I, I just like, there's just a part of me that was like, nope, can't receive that. Or that feels really hard to receive in this moment. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it had something to do with that, but you know, I, I, I remember like in my twenties being really threatened by other women and threatened by other women's beauty, threatened by other women's confidence, threatened by other women's success or whatever it might be. And it was always just something that I was aware of and didn't like the feeling of. And I remember Mm. making a decision that how am I going to get past this? Cause I do not like this. And so I made a conscious decision to start recognizing other people's beauty and, and actually tell them. So if I'm 
going through the checkout at the grocery store and there's a beautiful woman and I'm admiring her hair, I'm admiring her eyes, or there's something about her that strikes me. I started to challenge myself to compliment her and tell her like, you're so beautiful or I love your hair. Oh my gosh. It's so gorgeous. Or, oh my God, your eyes. Like I've done this so many times. And that was actually the one thing that helped me overcome this feeling of threat that I had of other women, other women. Did you, yeah. did you notice, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just curious, like, did you notice them having a hard time receiving your compliment when you started think, to lean I into think that? Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think I wasn't maybe in a place at that time to recognize that. I think it was more mm. like, I'm going to do this for me and make somebody else feel good. So I don't think I was, if I'm being fully honest here, like, but I, but definitely. And I think definitely over the years, seeing when that made people uncomfortable or seeing when somebody <laughs> kind of like turned away. But I think at the beginning, I, it wasn't so apparent to me yeah. later on, even the other day I was at this lighting store picking out a lighting fixture and um there's this woman she had these gorgeous eyes and I think she was a, a Vietnamese woman and I don't know she was just like stunning and I was just like you're so beautiful <laughs> I just wanted to let you know that and and she just like looked away and like started to blush and and she's like oh thank you she's like it's because I have makeup on oh see yeah there's that that self-depreciation like always like a, an excuse or yeah. 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 So it's just interesting. And I think it's, it's more interesting to receive compliments from other women as a woman receiving a compliment from another woman, mm -hmm. um, because we've been conditioned to kind of uh, to, to be threatened by each other and to be jealous of each other and to mm -hmm. Um, look for the worst in each other in a sense. And I think we're starting to come out of this conditioning. We're starting to wake up. Of course, it's still very common, but I think we're starting to realize that there's a different way and why, why we're seeing like, this movement of women coming together and um, women empowerment. And you see this online a lot and it's fantastic. So I think it's just being in that habit of recognizing other people's and this doesn't always have to be, of course, physical traits, <laughs> but recognizing other people's strengths and things that you admire in people and, and allowing yourself to mobilize your voice to communicate that to them instead of holding it within you is very mm -hmm. healing. It's a beautiful practice because when you start to recognize others' beauty, whether it be the way they speak or the way they look or their intelligence or, or whatever it is about them. When I say beauty, I, I just mean their essence. It can also help you see that in yourself. Yeah. Right. Like the more that you can share and give in that way, the more you're actually able to receive because you're like, Oh, wow. Perhaps they're seeing something in me that I never noticed before. And and it's a gift when we can receive yeah. <laughs> these compliments, but it is, it's like our default is to reflect or to deflect. I, I mean, um, like push, push away. I'm just so curious, like, where did this conditioning come from? Like, when did it start? Cause I've dealt with this in my life as well. And I mean, oh. I'm a Leo, so I do like getting compliments on my hair. Um, <laughs> you, have, you do have beautiful hair. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do. Thanks. Um, uh, <laughs> and your word and your, uh, your love languages. Yeah. Words of affirmation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll take it. Um, no, but like, I remember being a child and accepting, you know, being acceptance of like compliments and things like that. And then I don't know. I'm thinking maybe it was in my teen years that it kind of shifted. Maybe it has something to do with being like really self-conscious or not seeing your true beauty in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, culturally, again, blaming everything on the patriarchy. The patriarchy. Yeah, of course. But it's, it's a very, it's a, quite a brilliant plan. Like it's women are, powerful, magical creatures that have a lot 
have a lot that has been banished in a way, like hidden and to the point that we don't even know how to access it or know that it's available to us. Um, Again, all of this is starting to come to the surface now in this time, but what a convenient way to shut people down, to shut women down than to turn us against each other, you know? And of course, women have suffered at the hands of man for all of eternity, but I think the more, the most damaging to our soul, to our essence is when we're being put down by other women. And, you know, this is like gossip culture. And, you know, you think of like housewives in the sixties who, you know, they raise their kids and then they get together over tea or coffee and they, they talk about the neighbor next door. Like you see this in like Mad Men and like the the different shows that perpetuate this culture that women of, of this idea of women that I think has existed. And so we tend to think that women are catty and women aren't to be trusted. And, you know, we're, we're taught to, um, to be threatened by, by each other and to feel uh, diminished by each other. I don't think that men feel the same level of insecurity or threat by people in power, other people in power that women do. Mm-hmm. Not all women, right? This is a blanket statement, but generally th- there's more insecurity and there's more feelings of threat there when when we walk into these rooms. And, you know, I, I don't think that that's because, well, sometimes it's because of men, but it's because of how we perpetuate the patriarchy within mm-hmm. with each other, right? It's like, it's it's harmful when it comes from men, of course, and they're the initiators, in a lot of case, in a lot of cases, but as women, I think it's more damaging when we're perpetuating it and we're elaborating on these really old belief systems that are embedded in our culture. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's interesting because as you've been speaking to this, like, sort of root cause and how how we as women like perpetuate it with gossip culture and all of that. I'm just thinking back to my own journey. And I mean, I can remember in elementary school, like things that other girls said about my body or my face. I don't remember any positive things that they said. And it's so interesting how those like the negative comments sort of sink into our skin deeper yeah and we sort of stay focused on those and we let the positive comments sort of just roll off of us yeah and it's like why <laughs> why yeah. can't we believe that we are worthy of these compliments why aren't we worthy and being in our 30s it, and still having a problem with accepting compliments and even believing if, if it's genuine or what is the ulterior motive here? It's wild. It's so crazy. And, it, and it's interesting because, you, know, uh, you know, if you grow up in a, in a healthy home or healthy-ish, mm-hmm. you know, your parents compliment you a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they love you and they compliment you and they, they, make, they lift you up and they make you feel good. And then- and then you go into middle school or elementary school, wherever that starts for so many women, for so many girls, and that gets ripped away. Just like, it's just like, where are we learning that from? Like we're, we're learning that at a very young age somewhere, even if we're, our parents aren't necessarily teaching us that firsthand. It's like, we're absorbing that somewhere because how do we go to school? And it, my that was my experience too, like lots of bullying and teasing around my weight, around this, around that. But there was nothing ever, anything positive. There was only an attack when, you know, boys liked you or, you mm-hmm. know, suddenly you're a slut. You're not a beautiful mm-hmm. girl that this boy likes because he thinks you're pretty. It's you're a slut because this boy likes you. (laughs) So it's like, it's so messed up. And it's such a, you know, we're at such a impressionable age 
And then we have the magazines and the commercials and the TV and the movies. And we're seeing this just taking it in from our culture, right, left and center. So of course, yeah, you get into your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. Yeah. And are still struggling with hating your body, hating how you look, talking down to yourself, feeling like you've never amounted to anything. Holy God, that is heavy. It's very heavy. And, and you're right. It, it, it does. It goes all the way, all the way to your seventies. Like I, I mean, I recently had this conversation with my mom. We were talking about pregnancy and, um, she was being self-deprecating around how much weight she gained when she was pregnant with me. And she told me the number and I'm like, mom, that's like the low end of, average she's like what I'm like yeah that's like not a lot of weight to gain I'm like I gained like 20 more pounds than that when I was pregnant she's like you did I'm like yeah and she was like oh like it like blew her mind she's carried this with her for 38 so like 38 years that she had gained like she had this story that she had gained way too much weight in pregnancy because her doctor made a comment who knows how much this shame infiltrated how she was treating her body in those early postpartum years, you know, like all of that, like, and, and even she actually teared up. She was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, I've been carrying this story with me all because of one comment. Some male doctor gave her like that plants the seed to start looking around at other women who've had babies you're like, yeah. she looks good and she looks good. And oh, like, you know, you start to, and so that it starts to build this like story and this energy. Oh my God. I have like chills right now because I feel like talking about this being like at a physiological, biological, like genetic level, cellular mm-hmm. level, how we are built to receive. Of course, this is going to start for a pregnant woman, if you're having these feelings, like that energy is being transferred to your fetus. That's baby. And like, I've heard this from family members who've had younger kids, like literally looking at themselves in the mirror being like, I'm fat, my boobs, like lifting their boobs up, like, and in front of their young kids. Mm -hmm. And they think, oh, well, they're not even thinking like the kid is having, but they're absorbing everything. Yeah. So from the time that you're even pregnant and you're worrying about how much weight you're going to gain, that's not what you should be worried about. No. That's not what we should be worried about when we are carrying life in our bodies. It should be all about expansion. <laughs> like that's what it's yeah. all about. Literally. Right? Like, <laughs> like, literally. How do I expand my body? How do I expand <laughs> my essence, my energy in the most healthy nourishing beautiful way yeah i have like full fucking body chills that's wild like because how how did that energy infiltrate my my being because i was in her womb then and yeah it's just it was really fascinating for us to sort of like unpack that together because it was like Mm. oh my gosh and of course who did it come from a male yeah. Right. <laughs> and they say some off the cuff comments, some little seed yeah. they plant, and then we internalize it. And then we come together and we talk, well, this is how much I gain. This is how much I gain. Oh, you, you know, blah, the baby weight's never going to come off. Blah, 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 blah. And then we're looking at each other and we're, see, we perpetuate it. It's a ripple effect. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And so we, as women are the ones who have to stop it. We, as women have to practice the art of receiving Another point that I think is really interesting too is when you think about receiving a compliment, receiving a gift, mm-hmm. um, anything that we're receiving, it's like we take the joy away from the person giving when we don't receive well. Yes. So have you ever like given a gift to somebody and they're like, oh, this is too much or, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't have to do this. And you're like, but you're so excited to like give it or give Mm -hmm. the compliment and then it falls flat. Like the person just doesn't receive it. And then, so your joy is taken away from like giving this gift of whatever, a physical gift or a a gift of words and the person actually can't give it or receive it. 
And then that doesn't feel good either. So it's like, it becomes this cycle of uh, the cycle of imbalance. Yes. And, and shame because I've been that person that didn't receive like, for example, like, um, going out for dinner and then somebody treating me when I wasn't expecting it. I find it especially difficult when it's family doing that for me, for some reason, then I feel like, Oh, I'm not enough because I didn't pay for my meal. Like, it's like this shame comes up, like, but I, I could pay for the meal. Like it's so, um, almost like immature, um, old, like it's very old wounding around being not enough to, yeah, to give back instead of being able to receive. Yeah. yeah, Or to do it for that person. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have been in that place. Oh, let me grab it. Like, let me grab the the coffees. I got it. Mm -hmm. I got it. And then you're like, Oh no. Like Like, I'll get you back. (laughs) Okay. Next time, next time it's my turn. Yeah. It's It's like, like, why can't we just smile and be like, thank you. I'm going to enjoy my latte way more now that I know that it was a gift. Like, thank you. Like, yeah. Big smile on your face. Hug. Like, you know, like why can't it be that? you know, that would feel way better for the other person. Totally. Well, the experience that I had the, you know, the other week with uh, receiving this compliment was, which I think it's kind of like what you're talking about is you almost sink into like this little girl mode. Yes. Like I'm not a woman standing in my power being like, thank you so much. I received that. It's like, oh, (laughs) thanks. Like, shucks um you're so, you're so beautiful too or you know oh yeah. you know yeah oh, well, was the first yeah. day I was wearing mascara in two weeks so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the lighting like yeah <laughs> I even like thought in my head I'm like there's a filter but it wasn't we were on zoom so yeah <laughs> it's just like it's so weird yeah and you slip into this like wounded little girl who can't mm-hmm. just like really like can't receive and then it I don't know it does bring up that feeling of shame because I definitely felt that it was so bizarre I wonder too how this relates to our heart chakra Mm. and Mm -hmm. feeling that like that we can't be open in our hearts and a lot of us walk around really really um literally like Attracted, uh, yeah, yeah, like slouched over, protecting our hearts. And when we're so, when our when our heart chakra is really blocked and stagnant, it is hard for us to receive and yeah. give. You know, like there's this energetic, literal energetic blockage there. So I wonder. Yeah, I'm just sort of putting that out there. I wonder how that is coming into play with these interactions and, and our woundedness in our hearts as, as women walking the world right now. And totally. Well, and, and then as you're talking about uh, the heart chakra, I'm like getting a ping in the sacral chakra too. Mm -hmm. suck in our tummies and we clench our bums and, you know, we're Mm -hmm. walking the root and the, um, and the sacral. And it's like, we're not, allowing ourselves to really receive in these really major receiving chakra centers, Mm -hmm. receiving, yeah, love, receiving anything, right? It's like there becomes this like really contracted energy system Mm -hmm. that we can't let anything in. And then it's hard to give fully or we're giving, or we end up giving too much because the act of receiving is so uncomfortable or foreign that yeah. we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Or we keep, we keep it outside of ourselves. Like, like the, the hermit card in the tarot, like having the light outside of ourselves rather than within us. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, it's not, it's out here. It's not in us. And no wonder it's, it's so easy for so many of us to not fill our own cups, to not, really nourish ourselves first, like first for me, then for others. Mm-hmm. It's usually first for everybody else and I'll get what's left. No wonder it's hard for us to do that when we can't, like we can't receive from other people. How are we going to give 
how are we going to receive from ourselves? Like, how can we give to ourselves and receive it lovingly when we can't even receive a compliment or, you know, a gift, a coffee (laughs) or, you know, and then, and then, you know, we, and then we can take this even a step further into like our intimate interactions with our partners and Mm. are we fully receiving there? Yeah. And I think that this creates an imbalance in relationships a lot when as a woman, we are unable to receive the love of our partners fully, the compliments, the touch, the, the tenderness, we put the wall up and we don't let them do what they do best, which is give and provide and protect. We kind of box ourselves up and then it's, 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 it's hard to have this like dance between lovers when you are so blocked yourself. I mean, yeah, the, the intimacy piece is so huge, but even like emptying the dishwasher or, (laughs) or like, or taking care of the baby or, you know, like those tasks too, in terms of the balance of how you interact in the home, um, feeling like we have to do it all as Mm. the woman of the home or, how can you receive that where, you know what, I've got dinner tonight, babe, you, you know, you go for a walk or you go for a hike on your own. Like I've got the baby, you know, like those little acts of, yeah. of receiving too can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, receiving support in general. And I exactly. think this is what I see, like, with my coaching hat on, it's like a lot of people being so resistant to receiving support because we feel like we should be able to do it all on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We feel like there's, uh, there's shame. There's something wrong with us. If we receive support from people, you know, this was something that I experienced in my pregnant. Well, I mean, I've, I've gotten really good at receiving support. Like that is something that I'm quite good at but I had no shame at all in like having the support of my postpartum doula, which was you (laughs) or, you know, receiving, (laughs) just receiving, like, I need support right now. I need the support of my therapist. I need the support of my doula. I need the support of my partner. I need a lot of support right now in this season of my life. I need it. It is imperative. And I know that there are a lot of people who feel like they should have to do it on their own so they don't receive. And I know numerous amounts of people, women, after having babies who shut themselves off from receiving support because they feel like they need to do everything. I was one of those people. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't even, I can't imagine if I was in that, like, what was that like for, was that with Sarah or it was with, yeah, with my very first, because I was so young, my husband was on the other side of the country. And first of all, I didn't want anybody to see any firsts without Jose seeing it for like, it was like, it was like, if, if, if Sarah giggled or like the first time she giggled, I went out for dinner that day. I don't know how I was going out for dinner at six weeks postpartum, but anyways, um, my brother, my stepbrother was taking me out for dinner and I was like, Oh, I can't tell anybody that she giggled today. Cause I want Jose to be the first one to know, but it was like beyond that. Um, I thought that I had to do it all. I thought I had something to prove because I was such a young mom that like, mm-hmm. and it was a choice to have a baby so young. And I wanted to like, didn't want to prove anybody right that I was too young to be a mom now I recognize that that's absolutely insane and at any stage of life having a baby is hard and everyone needs a warm meal (laughs) dropped off at their doorstep in those first few weeks you know um but it was really really difficult for me to Mm. receive help because of the shame that I was holding in 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 my body, like really deep shame around receiving. I was like, well, no, I can do it. And I was like, well, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Well, it's almost like it satisfies these, these faulty belief systems of like, I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving to be your mom. I am not enough. 
And mm-hmm. so if I do it all myself and I prove to myself that I can do it all myself, then maybe I am worthy. Maybe yeah. I am deserving, deserving. Maybe I am enough. If I can yeah. just do it all myself, then maybe, yeah. maybe I am. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. And then I mean, I just feel for young Catherine so much because I look back and like, girl, like how, why? And it wasn't like there wasn't offerings for help. You know, it wasn't like I was totally isolated. It was that I kept deflecting it. You think that contributes to a lot of people having postpartum depression or anxiety, or do you think that sort of isolation and deflection of receiving support contributes to that? Oh, I would say so. But thankfully in my situation, well, strangely enough, like I was able to get through it with relatively stable mental health Mm -hmm. until my husband came home and then it came crashing down. And I was like, Oh, it was like, everything kind of caught up (laughs) and, and Suddenly I was like, okay, here's the beat. That's when actually I found Pilates and sort of changed my life um, right. <laughs> around nine, nine months postpartum um, <laughs> yeah. and, and started like receiving and coming back into myself and into my body. But I don't know if it had gone on longer, it probably would have been a lot more catastrophic in terms of the mental health, but I see it with clients for sure with, um, that, well, I try and prevent it as much as I can. If I work with them in pregnancy, set yourself up with a good support system postpartum, because yeah, we do. A lot of us do have a hard time receiving and, and those feelings of unworthiness, those feelings of shame definitely come in to play when we're going through these major life shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say even not just with having a baby, but perhaps when a loved one passes away or, you know, like these other major life events where a lot of us kind of go inward and deflect and don't want any, any help. Um, yeah. Well, birthing anything into the world, mm-hmm. any, you were talking about rebirth, like it's like in birth, in death, in all of its many forms, we have to be able to open ourselves up to receive support. And Mm -hmm. I I do actually see this a lot in my work where it's the same thing. It's like you're birthing like something into the world and you don't want anybody else to touch it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I need to have my hands in all of the things and, and there's a way that we can become really controlling around it and then stressing ourselves out. And then we go and fall into the hustle culture and then we burn out and it's like the spiral. So again, it's like, we're learning from this, the birth process and how we move through these very tender stages of becoming a mother, having babies. It's like, it's teaching us so much about how we can, about how we hold other things in our life, including yes, death and bringing other things into the world. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to not use my motherhood experience as an example, because it's just so prevalent. Um, But I'm also thinking like, I didn't have like the best postpartum experiences were my third and fourth baby, because I also learned how to receive from Jose, like my husband Mm, yeah it was like really hard even with our second and we we'd been together for when we had Kaya we'd been together for 14 years so we had quite a solid relationship at that point but even then it was hard for me to like not do it all myself and and like lean into his help and then finally it was like with Zephyr like our our third it's like Oh, this works so much better when you do everything and I just like lay in bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, <laughs> you feel way faster. <laughs> yeah. With the babies, I, as you know, like Jim is very hands on and mm-hmm. I receive, I, I receive a lot from him in support with them from the very beginning, it, like so much, so, so, so much. 
to the point that I did have moments, periods where that actually brought up shame for me, where I was looking around and being like other women, like they're the ones that get up with their baby all night, every night. And the you know, their husband, their partners just sleep. And, and I, you know, he gets up, we take turns. We, he, you know, we have a system of how we get the babies and <laughs> switch the babies and, and all of the things. And I, that's, that has brought up insecurity for me of like, am I enough? Like, you know, am I not motherly enough? Am I not doing enough? Um, should I be doing more? Um, maybe I should be more like other moms who do more. Am I receiving too much? So that's like an interesting, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, we can't win. <laughs> it's so deep. I like how this conversation really was inspired by not being able to receive a compliment and then recognizing like how insidious it is in all aspects, in yeah. all facets of our life. And we're both women that have done like a lot of work with our, our healing journeys and, and we're both very self-reflective and it can still, and it still seeps in. So this is obviously something that is quite prevalent because it's, yeah, it's just so common and it's not, we don't really talk about it that much. Like I haven't heard other people having conversations about our inability to receive maybe, maybe in the moment where they're like, no, no, you really are beautiful or little like, and, but it's like, it kind of just passes. And then you're like, you're just left with this feeling of ugh, awkwardness. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of, it, it is fascinating because the feminine essence, the feminine energy is one of surrendering, allowing acceptance and not in an take everything. Take anything way, you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Take anything you can get away. Like it's still a selective process, but that is the the beauty and the magnetism of the feminine. So how do we how can we embody that more and and how can we practice and open up our heart chakras and our sacral to to accept more, to lean into to this to this birthright that is our, our receiving being. Yeah. Well, something that I, I do practice usually, except for that time. <laughs> Just that one time. Just that one time. <laughs> Never happened before. Otherwise I'm a perfect human. Um, <laughs> I actually, um, well, not to toot my own horn, but I, I did go to, <laughs> Uh, a coffee shop. It was a few weeks ago. And I, I was dressed up in my like, my goddess clothes. I felt, I felt really beautiful that day. And the owner was like, Oh, you look so beautiful today. And I was like, thank you. And I remember mm. in that moment, like literally like rolling my shoulders back, standing tall, chin up and just smiling and saying, thank you. Mm. Even though in my head, there still is that thing of like, should I say something back? Do I say like, oh, well, no, I, you know, I'm wearing all my nice clothes right now and I've got my hair done and my makeup done. Nope. I'm just going to really practice being very still open, like literally opening my yeah. body, my chest open to receive that. And it, mm. it does work the more you practice it. But you know, if you're not getting a lot of compliments, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> In the space of receiving it, which is, I think that was actually one thing that kind of came into play the other day was like, I think as a new, as well, I'm not necessarily, I guess I'm still a newish mom, um, is your, you know, everything changing. And so to receive, you know, I'm, I'm different now and things look different and I feel kind of different. And in a lot of ways I feel more beautiful and strong and powerful. And in other ways, I feel a little bit haggard. <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't, you know, I don't sleep anymore and, and do, really I do look beautiful, you know? So it's, it's just, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I would say like, try something very simple to start is one start recognizing other people's beauty essence mm -hmm. and communicating that, telling them starting off small, you know, just starting to 
observe these these traits or these characteristics that you really love these quirks or you know somebody looks really beautiful or you know something stands out like tell them so that's one thing you can do and then the other thing is like literally open yourself up stand tall plant your feet take a breath feel what it feels like to receive that compliment and then just say thank you without mm. needing to say anything else so those are like two simple things that I think could help start to soften this shell, this guard we have. I also like mirror work with it for this one too. Yeah. So like whether you speak to yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, wow, you're really beautiful today. Or, oh, I really love your eyes. Like find something about yourself that you really love. And then also like putting an affirmation, like a post-it on your mirror and you read it every day. Like these things, like it'll eventually permeate your subconscious and it'll just become a part of you if you do it enough. Can I share um, something about mirror work that I yeah recently? No, um, you cannot actually. <laughs> I had a mentor. Save it for after the show. <laughs> I had a mentor who, who was saying, like talking about mirror work and it's something that I do and, and I teach and, but she was saying how, and I can't remember, I don't remember who this comes from, but sometimes, as you know, really hard to receive compliments. And so you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. But then your brain, the ego is immediately like, oh, you're, you look, you don't look good today. You start to pick yourself apart. So something, a, a way to kind of sneak in there is to say things that you actually do believe. So you could say, I, I love you. Not, I love you because you look radiant today. You might not believe that, but you could say, I love you because it's sunny out today. And that's truth. And that's a fact. And so your, your brain is literally like, oh yeah, I accept that. Yes, that's true. They kind of, it organizes itself in that way. I love you because water is wet. <laughs> usually. <laughs> yep. Got it. I love you because there's a toilet right there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Accept, accept. Great. Move it over there. Great. Got another thing. And so you do, and it actually, I was practicing this and it actually fucking works and it makes me laugh when I do it. <laughs> but then slowly, I think as you start to believe and you have enough of that um, stacked to the side of like, yeah, I do believe this, then, then bringing in some of the I love you because you do look really good today. Oh my gosh, you look really good today. Oh my gosh, your skin is so, I love you because your skin is looking really nice today. You start to believe this stuff and you start to see that this is true. These things are true. I believe it. Yeah, I love that. that that's a good one for sure. Um, and you can do it slowly too. Sure, you can do like, I love you because it's sunny outside, but you could also say, I love you because you got out of bed this morning. You know, like, and you can start to direct it back to yourself slowly yeah, as well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Connecting with your heart chakra as well could be a part of this work. And um, something that I love to use in this realm is, I have it right here, is my, my uh, using rose quartz as a way to connect to your heart chakra. It, this was something that has been, I mean, I've, been carrying rose quartz with me since I was a young, young child. It's always been just on a personal, it's been the, the, the court, the, the crystal that I've been most connected to since I was like really young. Like I'm like four years old. I've always had like a rose quartz in my pocket or in my bag or in my Jeep or anyways, or my nightstand. Um, and connecting with this crystal and, and finding finding ways to bring love into your life. So whether that's giving or receiving can be a way to, to open up. Yeah. Even asking yourself, like setting that intention, using the rose cords, placing your hand on your heart and just like, what can I do today to both give and receive mm -hmm. just, you know, tuning into that and bringing, bringing it into the awareness so that you, you know, you're actively working with the heart chakra and creating, I think when we, when we set those intentions, especially working with the chakras, I know they always present 
opportunities to work with it. So mm-hmm. I think it's just saying, like setting those intentions and, and bringing it into the awareness field, into your orbit so that it can come in. And gratitude and, and mm. gratitude can be a big part of this practice as well. Like grateful for what is, um, when you turn yourself and in, turn into reflect into yourself, the, your gratitude for what is that can also help you to receive more mm, the yoni code the intelligence feminine intelligence coming through is trusting our innate ability to magnetize love and acceptance ah that's the yoni code trusting our innate ability ability yeah to magnetize love and acceptance. Mm. And we do this by turning to the wisdom of our bodies. We do this by turning to the wisdom that is built into gratitude. Mm-hmm. And we do this by starting with our ability to both give and receive within ourselves. Yeah. Can you, can you, Put yourself first. Can you put your oxygen mask on first before you give today? What does that look like for you? Such a big one. Oh my goodness. I'm glad we dived into this today. Yeah. Thank you. It's a, yeah, this is a, a good, a good one. Good one, Melissa. Good job. Good work. Team. Good job. You look really beautiful today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) Catherine, you are radiant. Thank you, Melissa. I receive. (laughs) You are so welcome. (laughs) And listeners, Yoni Coders, we love you. Damn you you fun. Damn. (laughs) You fun, girl. (laughs) (laughs) now we're cat calling our listeners you better be receiving it on the other end okay bye-bye see you next week so profound (laughs) thanks for tuning in to this yoni code if this episode moved inspired or flat out entertained you please head over to itunes and give us five stars or share with a friend Follow us on Instagram at the Yoni Codes to continue the conversation. Oh, and make sure to click on the link in the profile for other ways to connect. We look forward to unlocking the next Yoni Code together. <laughs>